getting cards here, Nick says. He picks up the pitcher and fills his new friend's glasses and thrusts the pitcher back to me. Jesus, Nick, it's just a game, I say. It's not just a game, Nick fingers his cards. This is important. They laugh as I return to the table, my cheeks burning. Coral's head is on the table. She lifts it as I slide into the booth. I light another smoke. The baseball game has ended, the Cubs beating the Pirates 5-2. The bartender picks up a remote and flicks around, finding another baseball game, this time the Braves versus the Cardinals. Coral and I stare at the TV. It's after five, and the customers begin staggering into the bar. Men in suits and women in shorts, skirts and blazers, sodbusters with dirty boots and college-age kids. Behind the bar, two hulking men replace the bartender, and she and Harvard wave goodbye to Coral and me as they stroll at the front door of the bar. The card game ends and Nick returns. His mood has vaporized into something I don't often see with him. Happiness, maybe. We've been together for ten years, and I still can't get a grip on all his moods. They flicker about, like the moths that swarm around a front porch light. I once read where moths actually have a sense of particular order, but it sure doesn't look like that, does it? Seems to me it's random and wanton, just like Nick's moodiness. Who won, I ask. He picks up our pitcher and fills his cup. Doesn't matter. He drinks, eyeing me. I thought that it wasn't just a game. The first notes of an Aerosmith song ring out across the bar. Nick cups his hand around his ear as I repeat what I said. It's not, he retorts, his voice straining over the noise. Then why doesn't it matter, I say into his ear. I thought it was important. He smirks and says, it's a game. It's a game in a bar. Who cares who wins? You always get to play again. I think about my grandfather. As the years have passed since he died, the stories my mother told became increasingly mythical. He could deal you a fistful of hearts just for the asking. He'd take a hand with a left bower and a king. He won tournaments well into his stay at the vet hospital in Iowa City, pilfering the interns for nickels a game. But he always, always won, in every story she told. I attempt to light a cigarette, but my hand is shaking. Nick obtains the lighter from me and lights it, and I lean over, inhaling as the flame flickers at the end of a cigarette. I don't know what to do. About what? About the wedding. I take a drag and exhale deeply. I don't want to go. We need to drive a thousand miles for you to figure that out, Nick asks. Coral's eyelids flicker. I watch Nick thumb my liner, turning the wheel of the contraption that leads to the spark of the flame, but not igniting it, not letting it get to the point. You're right, I say. We're not going. I smash a cigarette into the crowded tray. Nick licks his lips, reaches to my cup, and drinks the rest of that one, too. Fine by me. We should probably try to sober her up. Coral's eyes open, but her face is puffy and wet from the drinking. I'm not drunk. Nick and I laugh. Coral rubs her eyes with her pink, chubby hands. Her forearms bulge as if she has rubber bands wrapped around the wrists. The bar light shines on the top of her curly head, and I swear I see a faint line of balding. As if she knows I am looking at her head, she runs her fingers through her hair. I realize I am mirroring her actions. I return my hand back down to the table.